fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, darn right it is. Welcome into the program. Hold on a second here. I'm trying to get feeling back in my tongue. I know it's a weird way to start off a program, but <laughs> so I was having a quick bite to eat before we got on the program and our lovely Spanish station that we have across the hall. My program director at Don goes, hey, Andy, you need to try this ice cream, this popsicle thing that we brought. You got to try this. And I said, I, I go on the air in 15 minutes. I can't do that. He goes, no, 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 you'll be fine. Go ahead and eat it. And it was great. It was pecan flavored. I've never had pecan ice cream before, but that was fantastic. But now my tongue's numb and... It's hard to talk. Anybody watch Anchorman? You got to start doing the uh, speaking practices. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Don't act like you're not impressed. There we go. I think we're ready to rock and roll again. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the program. It's a pre-Friday celebration broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen or check out the program. We love you to death. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Wow, do we have a lot to talk about today. Steve Carr, he is the president and CEO of Alliance Group. He's also the president and founder of the Alliance uh, Shared Abundance and the co-founder of the Alliance International. He'll be joining to talk about some woke businesses. How are they doing? Right before we went on here, I did a quick Google and Target, a.k.a. Target, has announced their first quarter financial results, losing profits of near $500 million. Bud Light losing its top selling position uh, since 2001 that it's held now to the company of Modelo with the beer that is now the top selling beer across the nation. Woke has decimated these businesses and they continue to feel that brunt across the nation. The question is how many more will continue in their footsteps even while the example is right in front of their face of, hey, maybe you shouldn't go down this road. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit at the bottom of the hour. Yesterday was Flag Day. Hopefully you got to wave that flag proudly. While we are in Pride Month, we get to be prideful of apparently whatever we want to be proud of. It doesn't have to just be a rainbow flag that you get to wave. You get to wave an American flag because I'm proud of that one. You get to be proud of your family or whatever, your state flag maybe. You get to wave that one. So it was Flag Day and Pride Month. So you got the opportunity to wave the flag that you wanted to uh, at your own discretion without the tyrannical, crazy left-wing fascist nuts telling you what you have to fly, although they try and we didn't allow them to do so. Uh, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall from right here in the state of Kansas made a comment on Newsmax yesterday during Flag Day being a little concerned about the LGBTQ whatever flag that was being flown at the White House with the American flag, and he has proposed a new piece of legislation known as the One Flagged for All Act. Interesting concept, because we should already have One Flagged for All, which would be the United States of American flag that represents every American, whether you like the country or not, it represents you because you're an American. Unless you denounce your citizenship, then it no longer represents you. It's a very simple concept, but we live in a time where very simple concepts are foreign concepts 
because we have to have a flag for every little minuscule thing and saying that maybe that was a bit disrespectful to White House. That pride flag, no American died for that flag. No one risked their life for that flag. We have hundreds of thousands of American soldiers who died for the American flag. I suppose millions more who who gave a part of their body to defend that flag, to defend our freedom as well. No one died for that pride flag. Look, I just encourage your listeners to go to the American Legion website And look at their flag code. Their flag code clearly states that the American flag, if it's in a display, should be in the center. It should be in a place of prominence, the place of prominence and centered as well. This is another example of this White House's woke social agenda getting ahead of patriotism and defending our Constitution. I couldn't have said it better. God bless you, Senator Roger Marshall. We love having him represent here where I'm based out of in the great state of Kansas. And that one flag for all act trying to say that, hey, we have a flag and it represents everybody. And that's what we should be prideful of in Pride Month and what we should be waving on Flag Day. While the White House out there is trying to appeal to a very small, minute population that is anywhere between 5 to 7% of the entire U.S. population. Not even ones that associate with, but just support in some way, shape, or form, the LGBTQ community with uh, two American flags and then the LGBTQ flag right in the middle of that at the White House. Kind of a strange way to represent and celebrate Flag Day when that's not what we're supposed to be celebrating. We're supposed to celebrate, I don't know, the American flag in the history of that, which I asked yesterday, show of hands, how many people actually remember the proper way to display it and what the 50 stars mean? And what the 13 stripes mean and how to properly display it on a wall or if you're hanging it up or if you're flying it outside and if you have to have lighting with it and if you're supposed to take it down at night and what how you properly fold the flag. And you can go on with the folds actually even mean I dork out on that stuff and I really enjoyed it and not a whole lot of people really uh, remember that stuff any longer. Let's get into what's trending for today. What do you say? What's trending today? And I usually don't do this because once we talk about an issue, unless there's new information, I really don't like to regurgitate the same stuff uh, multiple days in a row because that gets kind of boring. But I have to play again a clip uh, of an audio that I think is probably one of my new favorite clips of all time now that we're going to save in the Voice of Reason archives, along with our very favorite person, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I am told this is a garbage disposal. (laughs) Yeah, that's still in the archives. We're never getting rid of that audio clip. And I think we're going to keep this one as well. Uh, Chuck Todd, uh, the last couple of days when Trump was down in Miami, Florida, after his arraignment in court and when he was out going to lunch with a whole bunch of supporters of his, at a local restaurant and buying lunch for everybody there. And the vast majority of them being Hispanic and Cuban in the Miami area where uh, they were get along with him and they were loving him. And they were talking about the concerns that they have as a nation and the road that we're going down because of the corruptness in the judicial system, the persecution of a political opponent based on Democrats and a corrupt legal system that we have. And Chuck Todd and Democrats losing their minds that Hispanics who have seen tyranny, who have fled tyranny, and who knows exactly what tyranny looks like could possibly be partnering with Donald Trump and thinking that the Democrats are doing the same as what they tried to leave as a nation. My word. I mean, we've not seen something like this in the United States before, where uh, a political figure like this is under legal threat and he goes to celebrate and there are people there ready to celebrate. And he's, I mean, it, it. we've seen this take place in other countries where you've had uh, corrupt, you know, political figures accused of corruption, 
do this. There is a faction of South Florida, uh, uh, very conservative MAGA Hispanics who are very much rally around, sort of almost see common cause of the injustices of America with Cuba and Venezuela, and he's 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 trying to wrap himself in this, uh, in the in the sort of the folks who claim they're exiles in the exile community, and it's a who claim claim it's a real perversion of what the exile community used to fight for. I mean, this is this is what makes it so surreal to see it here in, in the United States. We were the safe haven for those that were escaping uh, moments like this. That entire minute. Now, usually, as you know, I play a little bit longer audio clips than other shows because I want to make sure that I'm not taking anything out of context. You can hear their entire conversation so you know exactly what they're saying and what the point that they're trying to make. So that way they don't you know, accuse us of trying to cherry pick here and there and just trying to make things up by taking something out of context. He had an entire 60 seconds there. That was an entire full minute audio clip that said absolutely nothing where he was dumbfounded that Cubans were supporting Donald Trump and ones that claim exile out of Cuba and Venezuela based on the communist nations that they are and the dictators that run those nations that have come here and enjoyed the fruits of the American dream that are realizing that the socialist Democrats are doing the exact same thing, uh, that they claim that they're supporting that cause when they're partnering up with a guy who's just rubbing, uh, just uh, just covering himself in that message and trying to play victim when he's actually the most guilty, ho- horrible human being on the face of the earth. Uh, apparently, the guy that's lived in the cushy lifestyle as an elite in the United States who's never been to one of these dictatorial countries nor lived in that or experienced it in any way, shape, or form knows better than the ones who actually fled it and are actually here and knows what it really looks like. And I'm putting that in the archives, but the reason I bring it up again today is because there's a new uh, op-ed piece from Newsmax and from Congressman, uh, who was this? Congressman Carlos Jimenez out of Florida wrote a piece who obviously in Florida, probably Cuban, I think, based on what he wrote here, giving his story of what it looks like titled uh, U.S. Becoming Like Country I Once Fled. And I want to read you a portion of this just to get a grasp of how delusional the other side is and how much they literally just write off the minority groups that have experienced things in the world that they don't want to hear because that's exactly the road that they're going down. Here's what Congressman Jimenez had to say. I was born in Cuba. I arrived in the United States as a six-year-old boy, exiled with my family shortly after the communist takeover of our native homeland. Only in America can someone arriving as an exile grow up to become a first responder, fire chief, the mayor of one of America's largest uh, counties, and then later a member of Congress. I feel blessed and grateful every day my parents made the heart-wrenching decision to leave our native homeland and continue to the land of the free and home of the brave. However, the Biden administration's actions this past week are making many Cuban Americans, like myself, feel like we're back in Havana and not in the country that we've made our new home. One of the best features of America is that the political opposition is safe from political persecution. We're supposed to have a system of checks and balances. Political prisoners is a uh, political prisoners is a phrase that's only seen in the world or international sections of newspapers. You're allowed to criticize, mock, and organize through democratic means in this country without fear of legal reprisal. The indictment of former President Donald Trump marks the departure from this foundational principle. Donald Trump is not only President Joe Biden's predecessor, but he is the front runner for the Republican nomination and Biden's most likely opponent in next year's presidential election. 
Allies of the Biden White House will spin and say this indictment came from a grand jury, not President Biden, but who impaneled the grand jury. The Justice Department is controlled by U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland, a Biden appointee. You have to be either naive or dishonest to claim that Biden played no role in this indictment. Furthermore, the facts at the core of Trump's indictment are that he allegedly possessed classified documents. I expect President Trump's defense team to make the case that this isn't a crime. As, me, as many legal experts have noted, the Presidential Records Act gives president, uh, presidents the ability to keep documents classified or not. A federal judge ruled in 2012 that the White House audio tapes that former President Bill Clinton kept in his sock drawer post-presidency aren't subject to an open records request because they are his personal property. What would be certainly illegal if a senator who later became vice president was found to have held uh, unto classified documents, that would be Joe Biden. Joe Biden had top secret documents at the Chinese-funded think tank. Classified documents were also found in his personal garage. And it goes on. He wraps up this article saying, as each day passes, it becomes clear to me that Donald Trump's real crime is trying to get back into the White House. If the Biden Justice Department had uh, has had its way, former President Trump would become a political prisoner and America will no longer resemble the exceptional country I arrived at 63 years ago. It's a great piece and it really lays out the mindset not only from the Republicans understanding, grasping the aha moment that clicked on saying what's really going on here, but it really sums up the corruption that is happening the danger of that corruption that's happening and how either the blinders are on to where the other side doesn't recognize it or they just don't care with their elitist mentality that's losing power the stronger they try to hold on to it. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. I'm going to wrap up that conversation real quickly just by saying keep doing what you're doing. Keep the information out. Keep the conversation strong. Let people know. And while they say, oh, you're just trying to deflect from what's going on with Donald Trump. No, no. If he's doing something wrong, let's figure out the down to it as well. But let's figure out the truth on everybody. And hashtag end corruption. Can we... Just start that trend. That'd be nice. Just hashtag end corruption. Why the heck not? Welcome back into the program. So let's get into some policy issues real quickly for a couple of minutes before Steve Carr joins us at the bottom of the hour. The House of Representatives run by Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans are trying to at least be Republican and doing Republican things. It's very difficult for them, obviously, because the Senate's Democrat, the presidency's Democrat. So there's not much they can do, but at least they can try to show that they have a strong platform and that they are a united party, which (laughs) doesn't reflect very often because even just the vote that we saw yesterday with the silencing of Adam Schiff and all these shenanigans he pulled, we still had 20 Republicans on the other side actually vote against trying to go after Adam Schiff. So uh, we're still torn as a party. However, then we turn around and do something that's semi-decent, according to Fox News, where they say that they're trying to go after some of the federal regulations. At the federal level, according to Fox News, the House voted on Thursday today to overturn the 1984 Supreme Court ruling that gave the executive branch too much power to impose regulations that cost Americans trillions of dollars each year. Now, this may be part of the movement after the 
debt ceiling debate, where Kevin McCarthy, even though it turned out to be a horrendous bill, uh, was trying to deregulate the federal government, at least to some degree, in order to cut funding down the road. And as you know, just like they tried with the student loan forgiveness program, the Democrats have been harping on Joe Biden to just use executive power to raise the debt ceiling on his own, to just allow the student loan forgiveness to happen on its own, like AOC and others have talked about with the radical left fringe, is that they don't care about constitutional limitations. They think because it is, quote unquote, necessary in their eyes that it's the most important thing in the world, and therefore we should just have prerogative to do it to hell with any type of restraint of the government. Because they truly feel that if it's for what they call the greater good, then that trumps all. That trumps the law. That trumps the rule of law. That trumps the Constitution. That trumps any type of restriction they could potentially have based on one line that does something about the general welfare of the nation. We don't have time to go into the general welfare clause, but that's not exactly what that means, really in any way, shape, or form. But the House of Representatives passing the Separation of Powers Restoration Act, or SOPRA, the Separation of Powers Restoration Act, which voted on a mostly party line, although I think we had maybe two or three Republicans either not vote or vote against it, and a 220 to 211 vote, where they argue that the years of the Supreme Court's precedent set in uh, Chevron USA v. Natural Resources Defense Council, effectively told the courts that they should defer to federal agencies when they interpret laws passed by Congress as they write regulations. And they're trying to reverse these because that's really what's been happening. Haven't we been arguing that the court system has really been the most powerful branch of government for a long time? And when Congress really has given up power through the bureaucratic agencies and the departments and everything else that's under the jurisdiction of the executive branch, Congress doesn't really do anything. Except they work on passing a few bills that are major, and then the rest goes to the executive branch under the departments and agencies, the fourth branch of government, the bureaucrats, signed by an executive order by the President of the United States and confirmed by the U.S. Supreme Courts. And Congress kind of left out there saying, hold on, wait, are we supposed to have a process in here? Are we supposed to be part of the process in some way, shape, or form? And they're trying to bring that back with the Separation of Powers Restoration Act. Now, that being said, it passed out of the House of Representatives on a party line because Democrats don't want the powers restored to the Congress. They don't want separation of powers, and they don't want a checks and balance system, which means it's not going to go to the Senate. It sure as heck ain't going to be voted by on and signed by President Joe Biden. So it's a message being sent by Republicans to show they want to do something. The question is, will they do it when they actually get the power to allow it to happen? Because we don't have the best track record when it comes to that level of leadership. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I know I'm very critical about the Republican Party. And I've said this before, it's almost like the kid when you're like coaching on a ball team and, you know, the small town politics and every parent that wants to coach wants to put their kid in like the best position and they're not really that good. So you don't want to be that parent. So if you are coaching and helping out with your kids, you make your kid actually be better than anybody else just to try and be equal because you want to prove that you're not trying to play favorites in any way, shape or form. And, which is a good position to take. You know, I completely respect that. I get it. I understand it. Uh, been there myself. <laughs> 
My dad used to coach my baseball team, Little League, growing up all, all the time. And I never got the positions I wanted, at least uh, not very often, because he didn't want to show like he was playing favorites. And I had to play really, really, really hard just to try and get into those slots uh, and still didn't get into them as much as I would have liked. But nonetheless, uh, it, it proves the point that Republicans have a long way to go. And look, I'm I'm tougher on the Republican Party because we try to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Uh, the other side doesn't quite hold themselves to the highest of standards. So I'm glad the Republicans are pushing bills like this, like this uh, Separation of Powers Re- Restoration Act that they passed in the House of Representatives. That's awesome. I applaud you for that. Thank you for focusing on that, trying to bring power back into Congress and the separation of powers and the limitation of the bureaucratic agencies and the executive branch. I'm glad you're focusing on it. Let's just remember that last time Republicans ran through a whole bunch of stuff saying that that's what they wanted to do as long as they get the leadership and we need to give them both chambers of Congress and we need to give them the presidency of the United States and we need to give them the ability to get these things done. Last time we did that, it didn't turn out too well because we still didn't get anything done when we gave them the House and the Senate and the presidency. So I am cautiously optimistic, but how many times have we said that? Every time they come out with a UFO story, I'm cautiously optimistic. They'll actually give us some real info that I'm waiting for them to validate, and they fail big time. Fail big time. So there's that. Let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? What's trending today? Excited to have on the program. Let's talk about some of these woke businesses because not only do we need a separation of powers uh, between the branches of government, we also need a separation between public sector and private sector. Something we don't talk about a whole lot, do we now? No, no. The crony capitalism that's bled in with the corporations using the government to keep themselves funded as opposed to just hoping the consumers continue to buy their products, has really created a wedge where we're seeing the quote-unquote woke businesses really push a massive agenda of uh, doing whatever the hell they want to. And even when we start stop uh, when we stop purchasing their products, then they take a hit, but yet they continue to promote the same agenda. It's very strange to talk about some of that and more excited to have on the program. He's the president of the Alliance Group. He's also president, founder of Shared Abundance, and the co-founder of Alliance International as well. Excited to have on here Mr. Steve Carr. Steve, how are you, my friend? Andy, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on the program. It's it's weird where we have businesses like Target, businesses like you know uh, Budweiser or Bud Light with this whole woke movement and the partnerships with an LGBTQ community that really only represents about 5% of the population. They promote it. We stop buying their products to where they take massive hits, and yet they continue to do it. Why is that? Well, because, Andy, uh, they are willing to punish what they don't believe in. And uh, in our group, for over three decades, we have invested in what we believe in, and we have purposely tried to invest against what we don't believe in. And until people quit funding what they don't believe in, this is going to continue because they're a noisy group. They're only 5%, like you say, but they're willing to make a ruckus. And until we equally make a ruckus and punish them through our dollars, you know, I tell people, for example, Andy, with their kids, I've got six kids. They're all grown now. I'm 71 years old. But I don't fund nonsense. I have one daughter who's, quote, woke. And I just said, listen, um, I'm not funding it. Um, I don't buy it. Uh, the, the basic premise is this of wokeness. 
for somebody to do well, Andy, they have to exploit somebody who's not doing as well. That's what Marx's basic delineation between the bourgeois and the normal people was. Now we've turned it into the same thing with race. The only reason that one race is doing better than another race is because they oppressed the other race. Now we're doing it with economics. Now we're doing it with gender. Now we're doing it in every area. And until we say stop, and we're not going to use our dollars to fund, it's not progressivism, it's regressivism. Yeah, that is very true. Here's the big question is now, is there a, is there, do you think a separation between maybe the corporate owners and the consumer because the way business is supposed to run in a laissez-faire free market capitalist society is someone creates a business to fill a uh, hole a demand in the private market where consumers want to buy the product we buy the product and we continue to grow that business based off the needs of the consumer or based on the direction the consumer wants us to go but now, is it just because they, like you said, they have that political movement, or are they so disconnected from the average American they don't understand and they think that this is the direction they have to go just because of that very loud minority? Well, I think what's happened here recently, Andy, and I think you'd agree with this, whether it's Bud Light or Target or uh, other companies, People are becoming more and more aware of the incestuous relationship between politics and companies and the media. And whether we like it or not, there is a cabal. When you have, in the recent uh, indictments and what's come out in the last four days, with both President Biden on one side and President Trump on the other side, and the three major networks spending zero seconds, Andy, zero seconds at all yeah. on the Biden situation with the 17 tapes and them spending over 300 minutes, over five hours on the Trump situation. People are waking up and going, hey, wait a minute. This is really, really crazy. And one last thing I want to say, too, is unless we step in now this thing is going to become a tidal wave. Right now, the waves are up against the shore, but a tidal wave is coming unless we say enough's enough. And do you think we are? Do you think we're saying enough and, and stopping them and saying we're not going to take this any longer? Are we doing enough? My concern, Andy, as a 71-year-old, is I've seen this come. It's like waves. It comes for a while, and then it goes back. It comes for a while. But every time... There's, there are new waves. It's, it's going up higher and higher. I mean, look, look at what we've normalized. I mean, could you have imagined even five years ago, Andy, somebody really with a clear face defending boys, high school boys going into girls' bathrooms because they, they claim that they're girls, or men competing against women in uh, in college sports, it's just it's it's ludicrous. So the goalposts keep getting shifted, and what happens is conservatives or Republicans, family value people, they take the bait. Oh, things are getting better now. We can pull back now. We don't have to worry about it again, and then it just continues to to move more and more left. That is very true. I mean, the best example of that would be, uh, well, Caitlyn Jenner. This kind of transphobic and bigoted hate speech isn't going to fly here, bro. 
I thought we were all on board that Caitlyn Jenner is an amazing, beautiful woman who had the exquisite bravery of a butterfly flying against the wind. And then this comes out of people's mouths. <laughs> and that was the day when Caitlyn Jenner was great. Now they've thrown Caitlyn Jenner to the side because she doesn't, he doesn't agree with the men playing in women's sports. And now he's the outcast as well. Well, he's not getting the attention that he was, right? No. Yeah. So now the way he gets his attention is, again, he's the contrarian. But unfortunately, he's helped establish the further left norm now where he's the normal guy. And, oh, it's these really bad people who even go further than him. It's just insane. Yeah, it is insane. We're talking with uh, Steve Carr. Uh, you can find him with the Alliance Group, the Shared Abundance, and uh, he's the co-founder of Alliance International as well. we got just a couple minutes before we have to take a hard break here, but let's talk about ESG for a moment. Do you think that a lot of these businesses are going down this road of, quote-unquote, wokeism, the diversity and equity instructors or whatever through these businesses, because they're concerned about ESG and this essential new social credit score the government's implementing for corporations in order for them to continue to function as a business? Is that a concern? Well, it's an excellent question, and it's something that we really have to understand. Take BlackRock, for example, which is the largest manager of money. Why is Larry Fink on the forefront of ESG? And the answer is very simple. Most of the money, a lot of the money that they have, if not most of it, is like the teachers' union, yeah. right? So he's not going to he's he's not going to go against ESG. He's not going to go against the teachers' union. A lot of the money is the coach money, right? Um, where they want inexpensive labor. So hey, open the borders. Just let everybody come in so that we can pay as little as possible, which is really, really a sad thing to me. It's become so incestuous, um, Andy, we've got to go back to the basics again of looking at these candidates one by one. Because if we don't, a lot of times when we vote a certain party, we think we're voting our values when we're not. We're often voting the opposite of our values. Yeah, that is very true. Let's take a break here. We're talking with Steve Carr. When we come back, I want to talk about the things we can do, and let's bring some call to action and some optimism on this, because we can do something. The question is, at what extent will the corporations, the big money, the quote-unquote ones that are too big to fail, uh, how much will it take for them to finally hear the fact that the silent majority, the massive majority of the population, doesn't want this type of agenda crammed down our throats day in and day out. It's exhausting. We don't want it anymore. We'll talk about that when we come back. What can we do to try and stop some of this right here for a pre-Friday celebration on The Voice of Reason? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show. Boy, does it go by way too fast. We're just having way too much fun on the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. So I was looking up during the break. I was looking up the sales on Target and Bud Light on where they're at right now. And obviously we know the news that Bud Light has been topped for the number one selling beer in the country. Modelo has taken over. 
<laughs> which is just ironic in itself already. Uh, Bud Light has experienced, according to, let's see, this was one week ago from Fox Business, a decline of 24% in sales uh, from just a year ago. Now, remember, that's also uh, recapping the end of Memorial Weekend as well, when all the good old rednecks and all the good old boys that are out on the lake and barbecuing and grilling across the nation are not buying Bud Light any longer. So with the sales dropping 24%, pretty dramatic. At one of the busiest times of the year, uh, another one, according to the New York Post, it says they plunged twenty-seven or twenty-five point seven percent last week compared to last year as well. On the Target side, they say profitability in the first quarter of this year is down five hundred million dollars. The company losing as much as eight hundred million dollars from inventory shrink since twenty twenty-two as that company begins to take a major hit as well. So it's hitting them. It's affecting them. We're hanging out with Steve Carr. You can check him out. The Alliance Group, Shared Abundance, and Alliance International. Go visit them. It seems like it's working that finally, when people have drawn the line in the sand and say they don't want to deal with this garbage and this this agenda forced down our throats, that it's working and they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I guess the question is, is when are they going to finally say, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe we should change our mottos here and start uh, you know, being a little bit more pro-American for people to buy our products again. Well, Andy, I think that, uh, you know, your theme on your show is really the answer. It's, it's the way to be positive. Number one, be informed. Number two, don't look for the government to bail you out. Take charge yourself with your spending dollars and so forth. I tell my grandkids, Andy, there's no better time to be alive in the history of mankind than today. I think we're going to go through some really difficult times. Uh, people who are aware of what's going on can make more money in a shorter period of time. In 2008, that was my best investment year of 50-some years that I've been investing. So if people are aware of what's going on, even though, again, I'm not being Pollyannish, we're going to go through some really challenging times, they can financially benefit, they can benefit relationally and so forth. I just want to offer anybody who wants to text me at 714-308-4140. I'd be happy to get on the phone with them and show them where I believe the greatest opportunities are, where they can put their money, take control of their financial future, not be looking to somebody else to bail them out, but to be prepared themselves. I know you're a patriot. I know you have concern about all 16 of the verticals, whether it's precious metals, food, medicine, energy. We've got a group that's very much aligned with you on the economic side. We are. You're on the media side where we can team up so people don't feel alone, Andy, and they've got direction, and they're connected with other people that can help them every step of the way. I love that. I love what you said as well. The fact that while this may be tough times right now and we're scared and people think it's maybe the end of times or whatever else is coming, you know, whatever their thoughts are and and all the shenanigans that we have to deal with on a daily basis, it is still one of the greatest times to ever exist and live right now because when and if things do end up just collapsing, we're at the forefront of being the very first ones to start building and creating and rebringing back the way things need to be. And that's pretty monumental. And we need to remember that, that we have that opportunity. It's just whether we let it go to waste or not. And, Andy, here's what's beautiful. We know that the other side is demolishing. They're in the demolition business. They're into cursing darkness, which is a lot easier than lighting the candles, right? While they're doing that, 
we are building an infrastructure on a foundation that can replace that for people who are aware of what's going on. There is no better time to be alive than today for our kids and our grandkids. And we don't have the luxury of not building right now while they're destroying the other stuff. Now, we may see it turned around. I hope we do. Yeah. But we can be proactive. Again, 714-308-4140. I love it. 714-308-4140. And get some information figure out ways to secure and prepare for what's to come. Steve Carr, it's great to talk to you, my friend. I love the concept. Let's get you back on again soon, brother. Thanks, Andy. Hey, appreciate it very much. All right, there it is for the day. Man, back at it again tomorrow for a Friday. we got lots more to break down, lots more to cover. How can we be the eternal optimists as we always are on this program? We'll talk some more about that. Until then, be that catalyst for change yourself. Be that voice of reason in your own community. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. 